Welcome, gentle listener, and hearken to me hither. I wish to share with thee a sumptuous tale of desire. Reading alone certainly has its place, but some activities are rather more pleasant when shared. The annals of female erotica scarcely receive the accolades they hot. More's the pity. So it is that I seek to pay homage and tip my cap to the literary titans of our age. Let us escape together in wonderment, mystery, and lusty exultation, for these are bleak and uncertain times indeed. Perhaps within the dewy revelry of pulpy romance, we may hope to pluck away our cares and quench the communal thirst of our voracious appetites. Together, we shall curry the favor of gentle solace and ascend to the ethereal plane of our own imagination. Perhaps as we bask in the afterglow of titillation, we may kindle the fires for a brighter tomorrow? Or perhaps tis no more than a brief chance to get our proverbial rocks off. I beseech thee, nuzzle into your headphones and allow this humble token of slightly more than friendship to caress the trembling inner chambers of your mind. On today's episode of Moist Lily, we alight amidst a gorgeously gothic caper, Nancy Cummings' Taken for Granite, which you are indubitably aware is book six of the earth-shattering and exquisite Cargools of Duras collection. Tass is a gruff and stony-faced gargoyle who, having recently escaped evil corporate captors, joins forces with a single mother who's down but far from out. As it happens, Juniper has had her kid sister nabbed by the very miscreant mobsters whom Tass has fled. A deal is struck, the creature for the girl. Alas, the exchange is not so simple. We commence our recital amid the pine-scented freshness and ancient majesty of a forest, pierced by the warm glow of afternoon's golden light. Having suffered gravely at the hands of his captors, Tass must heal his injuries if he has any hope of assisting his mortal compatriot. However, Juniper, more affectionately known as Pebble, quickly learns that it's not just Taz's wounds that require a licking. What are the chances that this yummy mummy happens to have something of a soft spot for stone-hearted types ever since her childhood days of a certain stirring while watching Saturday morning cartoons? Okay, okay. In all fairness, we need to screw to cure my illness. Wasn't the best come on she ever heard, but Taz looked rough. She believed him after eating basically everything she put in front of him the day before. He gained a little color back and no longer looked so emancipated. His dip in the lake hadn't helped, and he slept outside, wet, with no shirt and no blanket. She knew this because she left two blankets and a pillow on the front porch last night, 
when it was obvious he wasn't coming in, but they remained untouched that morning. Stubborn gargoyle, last night got cold. She shivered under two blankets and a flannel sheet and couldn't imagine roughing it outdoors, and she couldn't deny her attraction to him. He was everything out of a fantasy, with his handsome face, strong shoulders and wings. She wanted to touch him and stroke his and she wanted to touch him and stroke the leathery membranes. She wanted his wings to wrap around her, cocooning her inside, safe in his arms. Taz frowned, the grumpy expression marring his perfectly symmetrical face and making him somehow more attractive. Not fair. Why would you do this for me? he asked. Because the sooner we can get you healed, the sooner we can get Chloe back. That was the logical reason. She had to do it, had to have sex with the gargoyle, because her vagina had magical healing properties or something. God, it sounded so ridiculous. What if you get with child? His eyes brightened for a moment, as if the idea pleased him. Can that happen? Yes, he did not elaborate. Risk of pregnancy is nil, she added, thinking of the IUD she had implanted three years ago. I might be ovulating right now, which could be the pheromones you were talking about, but I'm on birth control. That made a certain degree of sense. Do you know about birth control? From personal experience? Juniper laughed unexpectedly, the snarky comment catching her off guard. I know of sheaths and womb veils, he said. Wow, that's old-fashioned. A sheath had to be a condom, but she could only guess at the idea of a womb veil. We have pills now to prevent pregnancy. I have an implanted device, so we're safe in that regard, she said. He grunted, and honestly, this is like my all-time biggest fantasy. Really? I somehow doubt that. Surprise colored his voice. Really, there was... It's so weird to tell you this, but there was this cartoon when I was just hitting puberty. About gargoyles, the main character was way too good-looking for a kid's show. You have a fantasy about gargoyles? About me? Juniper nodded, belatedly realized that he couldn't see her reply. Yeah, and honestly, I just need to get out of my head. I'm worried. I'm tired. There's nothing I can do. I want to not think. She wanted skin on skin, mouth on mouth. She wanted to be held, to lose herself in touch and sensation. The push and pull of them. The sun fell on his face, casting his gray skin with a compelling luster. She wondered if he would be cool as stone to the touch, or warm. Her hand stretched out, but she pulled it back. Can I touch you? she asked. He nodded. Warm. He was warm and alive. Not a stone fantasy, but a living, breathing, well, not a man, but a person. A living, breathing person. Her hands brushed along his collarbone, appreciating the strength in his broad shoulders before drifting down to his pecs. She could feel his heart beating under her palm, steady and sure. She leaned in, giving his heart a light kiss. He sucked in his breath. That's not okay? It is fine. She noticed his clenched fists, the way his tail 
lashed against the rock, and his dick, hard as ever, having a constant erection for the last two days, couldn't be comfortable. He wasn't fine. How long does this mating fever rut heat thing last? Until I have expressed the glands completely. So clinical, so absolutely not sexy, so completely taz. Juniper smirked. Can I touch your horns? There is not much sensation there. It is keratin, he said. Hollow? He shook his head. There are nerves inside, but I cannot feel much. Only at the base. She started with the horn near his right temple, running her index finger and thumb down the curving shaft. At the base, she rubbed where the horn met his scalp and hair. His eyes fluttered and closed, and he shuddered. Good? Yes, he hissed. We should take the edge off. Would that help? Her hand brushed against his crotch. Another hiss, but he lifted his hips, tugging his pants down enough to free his cock. He leaned back on his elbows and stretched his legs out. His cock stood proud, dark purple, with a vivid pink head, glistening with precum, shaped like a human penis with a thick vein down the underside. She noticed the extras. It swelled in the middle, giving a girth that promised to stuff her entirely. Ridges ran down the top, and she knew they would hit the right spots inside. She licked her lips and moved to straddle his legs. The size of him was enough to make her reconsider and reminded her of the quote about how to eat an elephant. When blowing a gargoyle, take it one lick at a time. She licked the weeping head, and the flavor of salted caramel burst on her tongue. Delighted, she hummed with pleasure and swirled around the head. She licked the underside, the thick vein throbbing and pulsing. With her hand at the base, she wrapped her lips around him and took him as deeply as she could. His hand rested at the back of her head, guiding her as she worked him in and out. His strong fingers twisted into her hair, pulling. The sharp sensation zipped down her spine and went straight to her core. She didn't know she was into hair pulling, but apparently her body liked it so much. His cock pulsed under her tongue. Her hand, slick with his precum and her saliva, stroked and her head bobbed. The light diminished and they were in the shade. His one functional wing wrapped around, creating a barrier between them and the world. He shielded her, cradled her, and crooned, low and sultry, the song of a male lost to passion, a song he sang for her. He released his grip on her hair and tapped her head in what was apparently the universal sign he was about to come. She didn't stop. She wanted him, all of him, every last drop. His cock swelled and twitched, and with a hiss he flooded her mouth with salted caramel. She remained still until the pulsing ceased. Sitting up straight, she swallowed and wiped her mouth with the back of her hand. Better? Taz collapsed back, tossing an arm over his eyes. The best. Leaving a trail of clothes behind, they somehow ended upstairs in the cabin. His hands traversed every part of her, exploring and memorizing her curves. They gave an appreciative squeeze to her breasts, not too hard, 
and he growled with approval when he reached her ass. Juniper fell back onto the bed, and he covered her, his face buried in her hair. His lips skimmed down her neck and the valley between her breasts, not kissing or licking, but his warm breath making a trail in raised flesh and shivers. For a man who needed to fuck, he was taking his sweet time. Tass, she implored, raising her hips. She ached for him. I'm ready. She'd been ready the moment his salted caramel cum hit her tongue. She moved to kiss him, but he turned his head. Then a strong hand pushed her back down. That is not necessary, he said. Oh, do you people not? She didn't want to finish that question, because it asked if Tass kissed at all, or if it was just her he didn't want to kiss. No, we do not. Relief fluttered in her chest. Silly heart, don't get attached. He told you this was just to relieve his body's needs, to purge the mating hormones so that he can heal. He doesn't love you, he doesn't even like you. Like this, Taz flipped her over and raised to all fours. She bit back the snarky comment that she knew he didn't want to kiss her. But did he have to act like he didn't want to look at her? He was blind. The idea that Taz didn't even want to face her during sex hurt. Something about her breathing or posture must have betrayed her thoughts. His large hand stroked her back and caressed the curves of her ass. Do not misunderstand. Female core girls have wings. This way is familiar. Oh, sorry, I just assumed. His hands explored her back and sides, mapping her curves. He stroked her soft stomach, pressing his front to her back. She wiggled, spreading her legs wider, just as his hand delved into her folds. A low-pitched growl rumbled in his chest, piercing right through her. Be sure, he said, mouth pressed to her ear. Yes, I'm sure. Tass might kid himself and say this was, this would be nothing more than just a clinical fuck, a medical necessity, but she felt the heat between them. She couldn't stop herself responding to him, and he couldn't hold back. This was anything but clinical. His finger strummed her like an instrument, eliciting new notes from her cries. Something warm wrapped around her leg and slid upwards, his tail. The tip stroked between her ass cheeks, and she gasped. It pushed at her tight hole, but stopped shy of breaching. I want you here, he growled. The tail danced around the ring of sensitive nerves. She could only imagine how good it would feel to be filled up with him, stuffed in both places. God, yes. But not just yet. With no more warning than that, he entered her. Juniper grasped at the sudden sensation of being very full, very fast. He pushed in, somehow going deeper, and waited for her to adjust. Pebble? He ran his hand over her hair, tangling in the messy ponytail. I'm fine. Just a shock. I haven't had anything bigger than my finger in a long time. She grimaced at that confession. Why did she say that? His grip on her ponytail tightened. Apparently, he liked her cringy sex confession, or liked knowing he was the only one to be inside of her. He began to move, the first stroke a slow retreat before pushing back. His good wing covered her on one side, beating against her thigh with each pump. The ridges along his shaft 
hit the perfect spot, each thrust forward sparking new bliss. Soon her world narrowed to where their bodies connected, his hand on her back. His other hand pulling on her hair, she dug her fingers into the bedsheet, twisting the fabric. His wing wafted cool air over her heated body as his tail possessively wrapped around her ankle. He pressed his mouth to the crook of her neck, and without warning, he sank his fangs in. The sharp sting surprised her, but he never lost his rhythm. A tingly warmth flooded her, driving away the lingering ache of the bite. She floated away at the sensation, her body not quite sure and completely under his control. Tension curled around her, ready to burst, but she couldn't let go. Not yet. Her hand slipped down her front and she rubbed her clit. Taz growled and knocked her hand away, replacing her finger with his own. He pressed too hard and too fast, but it worked, tipping her over hard into her climax. Juniper cried with pleasure until her throat felt raw. With her head resting on her folded arms, he pounded into overly sensitive flesh. His grip tightened on her arm and he stilled. His wing beat once, twice, and he pumped into her a third time, releasing deep within her. Warmth flooded her and he fell at her side. Gathering her into his arms, he kissed the curve of her neck, still sore and tender from his bite. Pebble, he whispered in a husky, dreamy voice. Tass woke with hunger for his pebble. The worst of the mating fever had passed. He could fly away now and slip into Duramna. He knew with certainty, but he hesitated to leave the warm bed. Resting on his side, his wings stretched over her, the unconscious act of a male protecting his female. Her limbs tangled with his, and her hair spilled on the pillows. This female. He brushed the back of his hand across her brow. She had done nothing but assist him. She fed him, clothed him, sheltered him, and eased the burn of mating, all under the burden of her own worries. Even after the act, when he used her body and lost himself to his base needs, she thought of his well-being. His cock stirred for her. Her breathing changed and she woke. Hey, she said, voice groggy. Good morning, Pebble. The endearment slipped out. She made a pleased noise, and he could not fight the sensation of elation that she allowed this name. Perhaps he was not quite finished with purging the mating fluids from his body. Clearly, a hormonal imbalance made him sentimental. He rocked his hips towards her, his cock rubbing against her stomach. She sucked in her breath. Again? He rolled her underneath him, fitting himself in the cradle of thighs. She fit him perfectly. You are beautiful, he said, holding himself above her. You don't even know what I look like. You are beautiful on the inside. I do not need to see you to know this. Her breath hitched at the tender words. Careful, I might start to think you care. He did, more than he wanted to admit. They joined in warmth and soft breaths, their bodies moving together. This time he felt her, truly her. More than her heat as he pushed deep inside, and more than fluttering sighs, more than her body responding to his on a primal level. He felt her heat as she welcomed him into her, 
wrapped her arms around his shoulders and gripped the base of his wings as he drove into her again and again, filling her and spilling into her. She arched off the bed, tightening her grip on his wing base, and her core clenched him tight as she reached her release. Sharp pleasure spiked through him and his release followed, pumping deep into her. He held himself above her until her hips ceased undulating and her breathing leveled out. Holding her close, he rolled to his back and pulled her to him. This female, he would never stop craving her. Was that good for you too, gentle listener? Should your thirst for this particular tale be yet unslaked, look no further than the Amazon or perhaps your local book merchant. I've taken the liberty of including links to the author's work in the story notations. If you have enjoyed your visit, please be sure to sing praises of the lily on high to your acquaintances, significant others, and fellow personages of estimable taste. Bellowing from either rafter or rooftop is cautiously encouraged. However, five-star reviews and social media shares are preferable. Should you be so inclined, one may also happen upon news, updates, and a veritable plethora of other such erotic goings-on at www.moistlily.com. I bid you warm and dewy salutations until our next chance encounter.